somebody who does know what they're talking uh, talking about uh, uh, doing that. So uh, again, don't, you don't want to miss it. So th- this month we're doing a whole thing on choices, choices, and in a few weeks, uh, those of us who are old enough to vote will be faced with two choices. And these two choices for me really are, and I don't say this with uh, uh, exaggeration, I really do feel this. These two choices are life and death choices. They really are. You will be asked two questions in a referendum that as far as I understand is binding. And the decision on what people vote will determine where the nation moves and how it moves in these two areas. You'll be asked two questions in the referendum, and the questions are, number one, do you support the proposed cannabis legalization and control bill? Number two, you will be asked, do you support the End of Life Choice Act 2019 coming into force? So two questions for which you will have a choice to answer yes or no. I'm just saying here today, I will be answering no to both. And I want to tell you why. I also need to be honest and say this will not be a balanced message. I am very strongly on the no side of the thing. I am not going to be presenting the other side of the opinion because the media is doing a nice job of that anyway. You will never hear anything about what I am saying in the media, but I will be answering no to both. So if you're looking for a balanced view, you won't get it here. I will be answering no to both, and I want to tell you why. This week, we are going to talk about question one, cannabis, weed, dope, smoke, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. I was thinking, what do I call the sermon? And so uh, last week, we did miracle matters. I thought we'd marijuana matters. That'll do. We'll settle that out. We'll talk about some marijuana matters. And uh, as we walk through, and I want uh, to give four points. I want to make four points today. I, uh, the problem with this message in the uh, um, two hours that we have together, just joking, just joking. But the problem with the 30 minutes or so that we have together is what, not what to, to put in, but what to leave out. And so I've got 30 minutes. So I was like, what do I want you to understand? What do I want you to get from this discussion over this next 30 or so minutes. And so I've got four points. Number one, here we go. Turn to the person next to you and say, buckle up. Number one, I am not approaching, I want you to understand this, I am not approaching this issue from a faith standpoint. Just saying it right out there. I'm not approaching this from a faith or religious standpoint, although I could. Although I could, I will not be. I will not be giving chapter or verse saying the Bible says weed is this or weed is that. I won't be doing that. Although I have heard people say from time to time, but, but, but God created weed, man. He created it. It's got to be good, right? God created weed. It's God's plant. He made it. To which my response would be, God created poison ivy, crocodiles, mosquitoes, and sandflies. So that is no argument. Come on, somebody. Uh, the pamphlet that we gave out last week, if you haven't got one, I'd encourage you to get it. It has 20 reasons why. You will not hear this in the media. 
They will never put this on in the media because the media is not interested in covering both sides of the story. I'm just telling you right that neither is our government. This will give you facts about what's going. Every one of the facts that is here, I tell you, for whatever the yes vote is putting out there, and they say, oh, no, it's all good, it's all co okay, read this, you will find that there are 200 others telling you otherwise. And this here is not just words. You can go on the website. I'll tell you what it is later. You can click on it. It'll take you to the actual scientist, to the actual place where the report was. So it's all connected because they know they have to do that if you are to understand fully this right. So they've got 20 reasons. I bet you they had 20 more. I'm only going to deal with four that perhaps are not on this actual thing that I hope will help you. So I'm not bringing this from a faith based argument and that's because the people who are concerned about this are not all Christians they come from every creed their mums and dads brothers and sisters people who are already struggling I know they will be in this room even right now people whose children are struggling with drug addiction I know there are people in this room probably now whose parents their kids are okay but their parents are struggling with drug addiction and they're almost having to bring their parents up this is a problem. Drugs is a problem. And so many people, it's not just Christian people that do it. So we have to present an evidence-based discussion. When you look at this, it's evidence-based, not faith-based. So understand, I'm not saying no because I'm a Christian and I'm a party pooper and I just want to spoil everybody's fun. That's not the reason I'm doing it. Number two. Number two, I am not saying no to medicinal or medical marijuana. I am not saying no. Please understand, this is very important. I'm not saying no to medicinal marijuana. Please understand that this referendum that's coming up is not, everybody say it's not. It's not. Tap your neighbor and say it's not. it's not. It is not about medical marijuana. It's very important. Medicinal, please understand this, medicinal marijuana is legal. It is legal. It is, medicinal marijuana, medicinal cannabis is not included in this referendum. It will not be affected by this referendum. And I say that because some people think that that is what this referendum is all about, and it's not. It is not. Number three, there's two. We've got two out of the way. I've got four. Here we are, number three. I think the question the referendum asks is at best unclear and at worst deceptive. How so? It asks this. Do you support the proposed cannabis legalization and control bill? The legalization and control bill. I don't know whether you've realized, but there's two issues there. It's actually asking two questions in the one. Two very different issues are presented in the one question. The first is legalization. The second one is control. First one, legalization. The second one is control. And of course, people can feel very differently about each of those issues. Herein lies the problem for those reading the question, and imagine those just turning up in the polling booth who have to ticket, who haven't looked at it, who haven't thought about it, they are going to do exactly what our government has prepared them to do. Herein lies the problem for those reading the question. If I say no to legalization, 
I'm also saying no to con control. I wanna, do I want marijuana legalized? No, I don't want marijuana legalized. I want it controlled. But if I, say, if I say no to legalization, I'm also saying no to control. And I want it controlled. It's a drug. It needs to be controlled. So I better put yes because I want it controlled. Of course, we forget the fact that it already is controlled. So maybe I'll put yes because I, uh, I don't want it legalized, but I do want it controlled. You've got to understand here that there is some very clever spin in this question. And I want to tell you it's not by accident. It wasn't like, hey guys, what do you think we should uh, um, put into question? Do you, do, you, do you think we should you know, pass the joint? No, they didn't do that. But that's like, that, that you've got to understand here. This was not just let's whack some question together. This was not by accident. More than a quarter of a million dollars of your taxpayer money was spent by the New Zealand Drug Foundation promoting the yes vote. This is not a level playing field, people. Only one side of the agenda is being placed out there. You might have seen some of the television campaigns. They ended up, I think, having to remove because... You know, it was clear it had an agenda in it. A government organization that's pushing only one side of the debate. This is not a level playing field. You would think the New Zealand Drug Foundation would have a balanced and fair approach, but no. See, with a yes vote, there are potentially hundreds of millions of dollars up for grabs hundreds of millions of dollars. And some very big players are wanting a slice of the cannabis pie, including the government. So they will present experts and scientists and people from their point of view who will tell you, it's okay, this is good. They will tell you the science is good. We've done the studies. Here's four scientists. Here's this. Here's this expert or not. And they will find people, this celebrity or that celebrity, who'll say what they want them to say. They want you to think that this is a health issue and a stop harm issue. And I want to say it is a health issue and I want to stop some harm. Legalizing it is not the way. They want you to think that this isn't about the millions of dollars of tax revenue they may get. And surely no one would say something. The government would never say or never allow something or say something is okay when they know it's not, right? The government would never, never, ever, ever do that. <gasps> oh, maybe they won't. would. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. It's got to be good for you. Don't let anyone tell you this isn't about money. Our government is about to lose millions of dollars in tax revenue through their own smoke-free campaign. Where are we going to get those tax dollars back? I mean, they'll never say that. I'm saying it. If I disappear next week, just let me know. I should be. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
So what should the question actually be? If that question is the wrong question, what should the question actually be? It should be just this. Do you support, here it is, plain and simple, do you support the legalization of recreational cannabis? That's it. Are you happy with people smoking a joint wherever they want? Whenever they want, in their own time, private property and all that. Do you support the legalization of recreational cannabis? Yes or no? That is what this is about, plain and simple. You say, well, I don't believe you. I think it's more than that. Well, let me just tell you. Let's put up the government, what the government itself, the government of New Zealand has put, if you can put that um, uh, up for me there, and I'll just read you what the government has said. You can go there, check it out yourself. Feel free to Google. It's very easy to find. What is not included in the referendum? Please note this. This is important. If you didn't believe me before, believe me now. If you didn't believe me, here's what the government is saying. The proposed bill does not. Everybody say does not. Does not. So don't tell me it is. It does not. The proposed bill does not cover medicinal cannabis, hemp, driving wild and paired. And again, people say it's going to be less work for the police. The police still have to enforce all this stuff. Okay, it's not going away. It's just a joke. Cannabis hemp driving while impaired or workplace health and safety issues. These are covered by existing laws, meaning they're already taken care, care of. Now listen, look what it says next. Medicinal cannabis is already legal. What is it? Legal. It's already what? Legal. Oh, come on, I can't hear you over this, so maybe you're not sure. What is it? Legal. It's already legal. So do not say this is about medicinal cannabis. It is not. The referendum is not about that. Here's what it is about. The bill legalizes restricted access to cannabis. The bill would allow people to possess and consume cannabis in limited circumstances. Controlled circumstances. The problem is, what does limited mean? What does restricted mean? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. The bill legalizes. You can take that down now. The bill says it legalizes restricted access to cannabis. Of course, access is pretty restricted right now. But what do they mean by restricted? Just to be clear, restricted under the legislation allows for the purchase and possession of up to 40 joints or marijuana cigarettes per person per day. That is four zero forty. Now, I smoked cigarettes for many years. I... Uh, you could buy Winfield 25s. I was the Rothmans man myself. And so as a Rothman smoker, if I smoked a full pack of cigarettes in a day, 20 cigarettes, that was a lot of cigarettes. Our government is calling controlled use the ability to have 40 marijuana cigarettes per person per day. If that's what you call control, so be it. So be it. That's not what I call restricted. So for me, do you support the legalization and recreational use of cannabis would have been a more honest question to ask. And for me, the answer would be no. No, I don't. And here's why. Number four. I'm voting no because cannabis destroyed my life. It destroyed my life. And what it did to me, I do not want it to do to anyone else. At the age of 15, I was offered and smoked cannabis for the first time, or at least I think it was 15, I don't know. My memory is a bit 
messed up. It tends to do that. I cannot remember a lot of my teenage years. But I think it was around the age of 15 I say that because I knew I had my license. I could drive under the influence many times. At the age of 15, I was offered and smoked cannabis for the first time. You can imagine this was a bit shocking for my parents who had to sit through this in the last service. <laughs> Within a couple of years, it had taken hold of my life. And understand, I'm not saying this happens to everyone. I'm not saying everyone goes like I did, but it did happen to me. And not only did it happen to me, it happened to many of my friends, many of my mates, many of the people I hang, hung around with. They were not just occasional, let's have a puff. See, that's not the problem. That's why it drives me insane when they talk about the difference between alcohol, comparing it to alcohol, and saying, well, we've legalized alcohol. Let's legalize that. Let's be fair. Well, if we're going to do that, let's legalize heroin. Uh-oh, they actually want to do that anyway. My body, my choice. Let me do what I want. You've got some heavy hitters like Helen Clark and others who are all for, let's, yeah, let's make it a, open it all out. You can't compare alcohol. And, and so, it's, so, so when we look at the problems with alcohol, we don't look at those who can take a drink and keep control of it. We look at the mess that it causes, the tragedies on the road, the drunk drivers, that's the problem. Saying, how is, the, how is cannabis any different? You're not going to look at those who can nicely have a puff here and there. You're going to look at the ones whose life it's destroying. As you can see, I'm quite passionate about this. I thought I was in control of it, but it soon was in control of me. And what started off as a bit of fun slowly became a daily destructive drug-dependent habit. And yes, I was addicted to cannabis. Don't listen to people who say, no, you don't get addicted to cannabis. I got addicted to cannabis. I couldn't do without it. I needed to have it, and I needed to have it every other day. See, when I started smoking cannabis, I had a good job. I had a great job. I was learning a trade. I, I was doing... I was doing well. But as I uh, continued to smoke, it became clear to my employer that I was not w what I used to be. Slow, unmotivated, dangerous. I was working around saws and all types of machinery and equipment. And so they had to talk to me and they called me into the office and told me to buck up. But I didn't. I couldn't. And before they could fire me, I quit. Onto the dole, I went. And here's the thing, when I went onto the dole, I wasn't disappointed. I was like, this is awesome. Free money. And now I can get stoned every day, any day, any time. So I spent every day and all day getting wasted. And wasted is a good description for what happened to my life. I don't have many photos. In fact, I've hardly got any photos of my teenage years because life just was a blur. I wasted my days. I wasted my life. I wasted my health. I wasted 
my dreams. I wasted certainly my money. Pretty much every bit of my doll money went up in smoke. As life went on and time went on, every day I spent in a doll-like high kept me with a drug keeping me in some semi-zombie like state, going, all I did was go from mate's house to mate house, uh, mate's house, looking for my next puff. Where can I get my next joint? Where can I get my next smoke? Coughing continually, always tired, down, depressed, disinterested in life. Every day was spent with my other mates in the pursuit of getting, getting high. Searching always for a bigger, stronger, better high. Because what pot used to do to me when I first took it, it no longer did. And the more I took it, the more it didn't do what it used to do. And so that began the search for stronger, more powerful drugs. Are you thinking if it's legalized, that's not going to continue to happen? Now we're just opening it up and getting you in the door legally. And so we turn to more potent forms of cannabis, cannabis oil, hashish, to LSD, to magic mushrooms, or whatever we could ram down our throat or snort up our nose, whatever it was there, if it was there, we would grab it. I remember being in a room where someone produced some heroin and was like, come on, let's take this and they did and if it wasn't for my dislike for needles who knows where I would have been yes this is your pastor people <laughs> when me and my mates started taking drugs uh, let me just say it was all fun and games and there are people in this room right now who know me in those days back in the day who were there, they can testify to my life. But when we started taking the drugs, it was all fun and games. It was all a laugh, a lot of laughing. It was all a laugh. But a few years in, the shine wore off. All the glitters is not gold, they say, and certainly there was no gold to be found here. The shine had gone for not just me, but for many of my friends. If you, if you don't believe me, ask that guy who first gave me dope when I was 15. Ask that guy who first gave me my first joint when he's 15, but you can't because he's dead. And he died at a young age. Body wrecked. By continuous drug use over and over again. Because that's what drugs do. Any friend of yours now who's just, ah, oh, it's no big deal, I'll just take it. Friend, I want to tell you, it will destroy your life. That's what drugs do. And bad things started happening. People I knew were starting to die, not just of drug abuse, but from, from mo motorcycle accidents and, and things. And not only would they kill themselves, they would kill others. Girlfriends. 
Motorcycles that crashed on the, the S-bands down off Marine Parade where they couldn't take the tour. F- drug and alcohol fuel slid and his girlfriend went off the back of the bike and died. Another guy, same corner. A little while later, straight down Marine Parade, didn't turn, didn't take the S-bands, went straight ahead on his motorcycle. Gone. The longer I was involved, bad things were happening. I was starting to meet people who I knew were bad people. This was messing up people's lives. I ended up living in a garden shed on my parents' property, just an old wooden shed. It had no lining or anything. It was where I could just do my thing is just a place to sleep at night wake up take drugs go to sleep take drugs all day take drugs and it was from that garden shed that I began dealing drugs I'd swap my Triumph Bonneville motorcycle for a pound of cannabis I'd swapped it and I thought like, this is my chance to get rich I'll get rich, I thought. So I took that pound of marijuana, and that's a lot of marijuana for those who don't understand that. It's a lot. And began to divide it up into what we call bullets in those days. I don't know what people call it now, tinnies or whatever, whatever it is. And again, people would buy tinnies, maybe one tinny, two tinnies a day. And a, and a tinny had about three joints on, and restricted is 40 joints. Crazy. And I divided up and I'm going to sell these tinnies. And I thought I'm going to get rich. And so I started doing that. My parents, they didn't know what was happening, obviously. They just thought Adam had lots of friends who would pop in for a moment to say hi because he's such a good guy. And then pop away again. Business was brisk. Business was booming. But little did I know that my own brother was taking the window out of my shed, climbing through the window and stealing my profit from the marijuana. See, that's what drugs will do to you. It will destroy families, destroy relationships, where even your own family will steal from you. That turned into a major problem for my brother for many years to come. Thank God he's managed to get out of that situation now but that's what drugs do my life at this stage was falling apart I was depressed I was suicidal I was just like there is everything is falling apart and I was only 20 I was 20 years old I was pretty much down and almost out cannabis cannabis had done its dirty deed and slowly but surely destroyed my life. And that's why I will not vote to do that to someone else. And I plead with you. Don't you. That's why I'll vote no. You know, last week when I told someone in the congregation, as you know, each of the services, I announced that this is what I'm going to speak on. I had someone come to me after the service who, who said, Pastor, I just need to tell you, I will be voting 
voting yes. And I said, why is that? Actually, I didn't say it that politely because I feel quite strongly about it. It's probably a bit too, too tough. But I said, why is that? And I completely understand the reason that this person gave. They said, well, I want to stop the gangs. I want to stop the gangs. Gangs, gangs get people into trouble. Gangs, I, I want to stop the gangs. And what a noble thing. Who doesn't want to stop the gangs? The person said gangs get people to tick up drugs. They get them into debt to tick as, as, as credit, put them in credit, put them in debt. You don't have any money, well, we'll give you it, but you get in debt. You've got to pay some interest. And so they get people to tick up drugs, get them into debt, then beat them if they can't pay. I want people to be able to buy safely in a safe environment. Take the power away from the gangs. I get that. In fact, the government has said on that same website, and in any material pro you will read, it says the government says legalizing cannabis will eliminate the illegal supply of cannabis. And my response to this is, no, it won't. Legalizing cannabis will not stop the black market. It will help it. It will enable it. You're saying, how so, pastor? Number one. The government is regulating legal marijuana's potency to 15% THC. THC is the thing that makes you go, ooh, takes you up. By doing that, limiting it to 15%, by doing that, you've just created a huge potential market for the black market. Those who can produce, because listen, how? Those who can produce a potency above that, which can be up to, sometimes they can, people can make it up to 70% THC, have just got an open playing field now to create that stuff. You're helping create a market. They will make a killing. Do you think the gangs are just going to stop? Okay, guys, they bet us. Let's just can it. Let's call it a day and give up just like they gave up their guns. Those who can produce stronger, more powerful marijuana, they're going to make it killing, literally. Second reason is the black market will be able to undercut the legal cannabis market. You say, how? Do tell. Well, simply, they will be able to provide stronger and cheaper dope to smoke. See, they will be able to sell it cheaper because they will not be paying taxes. They won't be paying levies. They have no regulations to comply with, no minimum wage bill to pay budding gardeners. Okay, I can tell who's smoked here. Tell you budding gardeners. Okay, you don't get it. Don't mind. Let me ask you, where do you think the discerning cannabis addict will buy from? If he wants the best dope at the best price, I know where I'd go. And see, people think people are scared of the gangs or scared of the dealers or scared of that. That's not how it works, people. Your dealers are your friends. They're your people. 
It only goes bad if you don't pay the money. It only goes bad if you, you're not afraid to go to those people. They're your mates. Everybody knows one another because no one wants to be an undercover cop and you better watch out for, uh, for whatever. So you're very careful who you hang. People are not scared of those who sell drugs or mates. So the discerning cannabis addict will always buy the best dope at the best price and the cheapest. I don't want to pay tax for my smoke. And let's talk about tick or credit because that's horrible. Yes, they could do it tick. But, but I said to the person, people who get their drugs on tick are getting it on tick because they don't have money. Which means if they have no money, they can't buy it from what would be a legal dispensary anyway. And so where will they go? They will go back to the black market where they can buy it on tick and nothing will change. Nothing will change. And so I'm asking you today, are we not as a nation just looking at replacing big tobacco with big marijuana? We're wiping out tobacco, we're bringing in marijuana. We're exchanging one type of smoke for another type of smoke. But it'll do us good. It'll help people out. In the Make It Legal campaign, which I looked at this morning, I thought, well, what are they saying? You can go search it out on Facebook. Make it legal. Here's what they're saying. They're saying if we make it legal, here's what we can, are able to guarantee. They said there will be no, zero advertising. You will not see any, we'll be able to control the marijuana advertising. But I'm like, um, it's already controlled. We don't have any marijuana advertising right now, right? As far as I know, I mean, I've been seeing around. I don't see it. Open the Women's Weekly and there it is by your... No, it's not there, right? We already have that. That already exists. There already is zero advertising. We have that now. So that won't change. Then they say, no smoking. If we, we say, yes, we're going to ban smoking in public places. Well, well, it, it, it is now. Right? So nothing's going to change there. And does that stop people from smoking in public places? No. Which means the police, they think the police are going to have nothing to do. They're going to free them all up. But they've still got to enforce all the driving stuff, all the uh, dealer stuff, all the people who shouldn't be smoking in public. But are they still, that's not going to change. It's all still going to be against the law to do it. It's, it already is that way now. Nothing, by making it legal, none of that will change. All they're saying is we won't let people smoke legal dope in public places. Really, just the government's becoming the pusher. This is the funniest one for me. We will make sure all plants are hidden out of view. Everyone, if you're growing plants, you have to hide them. You don't have to tell someone who's growing plants they've got to hide them. They know they've got to hide them because if they don't hide them, their next door neighbor's going to come and steal them. I'm just telling you right now. That's how it, it goes. And can I just tell you, they're saying people can grow up to four plants per person. I think it is. Four plants per person. They grow big too. Now, I don't know how, but I've seen <laughs> pictures. They can grow big, big plants. But here's the thing. Can I just be honest? Nobody's going to grow plants. It's too hard. I mean, we can't even grow our own tomatoes. 
Come on, I mean, you think you're going to be able to grow? That's, all that is about getting it over the line. It's just about getting, we can't even grow our own vegetables. Why, why would we go and grow our own vegetables when we can pop down the pot shop and get some pot? Potted plants are going to take on a whole new meaning. Come on, I mean, it's going to be a whole. How's your pot plants? Lovely. <laughs> Suddenly everybody's a gardening expert. <laughs> oh, I love gardening. Vote yes, we've got a spare bit of land out here. We can, you know, there's a lot of land. We can, who knows what we can do. <laughs> we need that new auditorium. No, that's not like... <laughs> Under 20, they say, if we, we say yes, we're going to make it really strict for under 20s. Under 20s, it's going to be illegal to buy. It already is now. What's going to change? Nothing. It already is now. It's ridiculous. And, and do you think, and it's right now, you shouldn't be, have alcohol as a teenager? How many know that hasn't stopped anyone, any teenager, from getting alcohol if they want to get? How do you think it's going to stop any teenager who wants marijuana to be able to get it? If he wants it, he's going to be able to get it. And we already know he can't go and show his ID at the, at the dispensary. And so where's he going to go? Back to the black market. Absolute foolishness to say it's going to be white, wiped out. They say harms from drug abuse will no longer be kept in the dark. We'll be able to bring it into the light. By legalizing, we can, we can bring it into the light. Well, you can do that now. Yeah. You don't have to keep it a secret now. If there's anyone keeping the harms of marijuana in the dark, it's the yes vote. They're keeping it in the dark. They don't want you to know it's dark secrets, what's going wrong, how horrible, and how it can destroy your life. You can let it out now. You can tell people now. You can educate now. It doesn't have to be legal uh, uh, for that. Why not fund amazing ministries like Tanikau and the incredible work that they do? Why not give them some money and actually help who are actually doing something about helping people stuck in addiction? But do you think they'll give money there? You have to beg. They have to beg for money. They get nothing. Why are you a Christian? We don't want to give to you when they're helping you can do that now. You can, you can fund drug ministries and rehabilitation ministries now. Well, you don't have to wait till it's legal to do it. Do it now. Okay, I'm a little bit passionate. Calm down. I'll tell you what, though. If you vote yes, you will be enabling a whole new industry. A yes vote will enable and create a whole new industry. And here's the thing. If you think that legalizing marijuana is about people being able to smoke a joint in peace, think again. Think again. There is an industry that will produce endless amounts of recreational products for the consumer to consume. It's a market-driven industry. Have a look at a picture of just some of the stuff. That will come our way. Oh, mate, no, no, we're not going for that. Oh, it will. Maybe not now. We're going to just get it across the line now. But, but soon it's going to be turning into vaping. And does that not look attractive to children? I mean, my, my little granddaughter comes in and every day asks for a lollipop. Want a lollipop? You're telling me this is not going to be 
attractive to children. And, and this is only one slide of many slides I could show you of all the different products that will be created in a market that becomes legal. You don't have to smoke it. You can eat it. You can have a lolly. You can have a vape. You can have, I, I, I want to tell you that the, the church cookies at the canteen are never going to be the same. That's just like, uh, you know, going to the cafe after church is going to be a highlight. You know, that if you vote yes, vote yes to it, there's going to be trouble. I'm just telling you, boy, the worship after, woo! Vaping, edibles, drinks, lollies. Can't look at that and say it's not targeted towards children and young people. They've got, got little drinks, marijuana drinks that you can do, like V drinks, that you know, they'll be M drinks. Woo! That's why I'll be voting no. I'll be voting no, and I hope and I implore you to do the same. And if you want more information, you're saying, well, I need more information. I want to encourage you to check out for evidence-based research, Say Nope to Dope campaign. SayNopeToDope.nz. They have a website that you can go to and grab hold of it. And there you will find fact-based evidence as to why this will be a disastrous decision for New Zealand and for the generations to come. Their website, again, is not just an opinion. Every article has an attachment that takes you to the actual source of what you need to hear. So you can tell, because they know they have to be sharp on this, because they're fighting big marijuana on this. And so they know they have to be very, very clear and very big. Go and look at the statistics about where they have legalized it in other places and see the damage it's done. I want to tell you, it's a disastrous decision for New Zealand. Next week, we will talk about another choice. Another choice that we will be given in the, in the referendum. And as we prepare for that, I want you to watch this trailer as it makes you think. You can play that for us. My body just wasn't like other kids' bodies. Almost within minutes, like getting back to the room after having the MRI, the doctor turned up and held my hand and said he was very sorry. It's like having 50 thoughts at once and trying to work out which is the good thought. The other 49 is she's going to die. There are some days in which I can do really well. There are other days in which it was difficult for me to get out of bed. There's literally a piece in my DNA that is missing. There's no cure, and it will get worse over time. I couldn't imagine living my life using a wheelchair or not having the use of my arms. Kylie and I have talked about death and what it will look like in the end. I was utterly exhausted. I decided that if this was how it's gonna be, I didn't wanna be here anymore. I did try uh, suicide four times. The fourth time I tried it, I went to the psychologist at the suicide outreach clinic. And that was the first time that I started talking about assisted suicide. What I didn't realize was it wasn't my broken neck that was the problem. I just didn't have the skills to cope. I know what it's like to be so mentally and physically exhausted that it takes effort to even pick up your head. I'm not cured, I'm still terminally ill, but I was given 12 to 14 months and it's almost eight years now. 
The irony is we're having a conversation about young people and suicide and don't kill yourself and yet on the other hand we're having a conversation where we're saying it's okay to want to end your life. What is the message we want to tell our young people? What I'm worried about is a society which creates what is essentially a conveyor belt to suicide. It doesn't make any sense to me that we would even contemplate offering this as a medical choice. Because it's not a medical choice. Don't miss it. If you think you know people who, who need to hear this, don't tell them. Come. Come. Marijuana destroyed my life. It destroyed my life. What changed me? What changed me? One day as I was walking around my property out of my shed in the middle of the day, in my stoned stupor, a man had come off the street and walked onto our property. He was our next door neighbor that lived uh, across a stream, maybe a hundred meters away. And he'd come, come off the, just off the road and walk straight up onto our, the property and, and I, I got a shock when I saw him. His name was John McLean. He said, he said, I want to invite you for lunch. And of course I was stoned. I had the munchies. I'm like, I'm hungry. I'll eat. But as soon as I met him, I knew there was something different about him. And so as I went over to his house for lunch and ate his lentils, he was a hippie kind of a guy. He invited me to a meeting, a church meeting like this, which was held at Kapiti Christian Center. And so I went to that Jews for Jesus, was doing a show there, and it was some strange music and certainly not what I was used to. But I went in there and they preached the gospel. They told me about a God in heaven who loved me. And that my life is more than what it is now. And there's, there's a God in heaven who loves you. And so when I heard that, they asked, who would like to respond and say yes to Jesus? And me as a biker, a drug addict, stood up in that meeting weeping. And that day I gave my life to Christ and I've never turned back from that day. God turned my life around. Jesus Christ turned my life around. And I want to tell you, He can do that for you today. Maybe you're stuck in addiction. Maybe you're stuck in some problem. I want to tell you, that same God in heaven still loves you today. He turned my life around. I found Jesus. Many of my friends did not. And they are no longer here. Their lives have taken a different course but oh what a happy day that was when Jesus washed my sins sins away I didn't have many photos as I said of my teenage years but one photo was taken of me that night on the night I gave my life to Christ and this is me on the day I said 
yes to Jesus. On the day I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to live for Him. And the rest is His story. It's become my story. And it can become your story today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to just pray a prayer that just says, Jesus, come into my life. We sang, I surrender. We need to surrender today. I don't care who you are. As I pray this prayer, I want you to join with me in it and just mean it from your heart and just say, it doesn't matter if you've been coming to church for ages or it's your first time today. Let's just surrender to him and hand our lives over to the same Jesus who changed me because he can change you. So would you repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a desperate sinner in need of an amazing Savior. And so I turn away from my sin and I turn towards you. Be my King and my God, my Lord and my Savior from this day forth. Amen. Amen. Live to follow Him. Live to serve Him. Allow Him to be the King of your life. Walk with Him. And as you do, as you go, the Bible says He will be with you through the highs and through the lows and wherever He may take you. Friend, if you need prayer for anything as we close this service, Maybe there might be addiction issues. Maybe there might be any other issues. Or you need prayer for anything big or small. There's a place for you to receive prayer today. But again, as I close, I encourage you, please, I implore you. I'd even beg you. Vote no. Think of your children and your children's children. And that which is ahead. Can we stand? And let me pronounce a blessing over you. Put your hands out if you would like. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Well, turn to the person next to you and say, I need a coffee and a cookie.